Well, it's been another hard week for our country, to say the least, right? I think before we jump into the core of the message, it's important to say a few words about what we have gone through as a nation and also just each of us individually. I think it's very clear, everybody would agree, that our country is so divided and so on edge. And into that reality, I think as a church, there's some really important things that we need to remember and that we need to put into practice. So the first thing is this, our hope is in Jesus, not in candidates, not in political parties, not in platforms, our hope is in Jesus. And we, we went through a whole series on this in the fall, but to remember that all of those other things are temporary, why would we ever put our hope and our faith in a party or a candidate that won't be around forever? Number one, make sure that your hope is in Jesus. Number two, I think it's so important for us to remember character matters, all right? That starts with us. We need to start with ourselves. Our character matters, but it also goes for the people we support, the people that we follow. Character is so important. Number three, words matter. I think we all need to think before we speak. We need to think before we post things on social media. There's a verse in the Psalms that if you grew up in a traditional church, you maybe heard it quoted every single Sunday before the preacher would preach. But I think it's a great reminder for every one of us. It's Psalm 1914, which says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. Oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. What if we would remember those words before we speak, before we post on social media? Are our words and our thoughts in our heart pleasing to God? Number four, I think as a church, as followers of Jesus, we have a critical role in showing the world what it looks like to be united to be graceful, to be loving. And if we can't model it, who can? And so I'm so encouraged to be in a church and to know of so many churches around us where there is a wide variety of political opinion and ideas and convictions, yet we can still be united in Christ. We need to make sure that we model that for the world. It's Jesus' last prayer for us, that we would be one, just like he and God are one. And then fifth, we need to remember our most powerful resource, and that's prayer. We need to be on our knees praying for our country, our community, for the world. And the thing is, when we pray, our temptation oftentimes is to pray for our will to be done. Here's the results I want. Here is the way I want an election to go or something else to go. And that's not how we're taught to pray. No, we're taught to pray, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then to trust that God will follow through on that prayer. Make sure that you are praying. Pray for God's will to be done. This is such a critical time, and I believe the church needs to step up. 
and model for the world what Jesus has taught us to do. Well, last week, Sarah did a fantastic job helping us segue from last year into this new year by remembering God's faithfulness to each and every one of us. And she had this great kind of big idea to her message, and that is that even when we are at our worst, God is still faithful, which is such an amazing thought, that even when we are at our worst, even when we have made mistake after mistake, even when we are full of sin and brokenness, God still is faithful to us. The Bible says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What an incredible reality And that's the good news of the gospel. It's not about how good we are. It's about how good God is. Now, as we look back at last year, I think all of us would say it was nothing like we ever imagined or hoped it would be. If you think back maybe exactly a year ago, you probably had all kinds of hopes and dreams and and the way you thought the year was going to go, and then everything kind of went off the rails, right? But I think as we look back as a church, there's still a lot we can celebrate. A lot of great things happened within all the chaos and the problems that were in our world. We saw dozens and dozens of people come to a a saving faith in Jesus Christ, which is what we're all about. We saw people connect with us from all over the world on our online services and our online platforms. We were still able to grow deeper in faith. We were able to grow in number even despite the reality of the world. There was lots to celebrate. You know, Christmas was so much different probably than we could ever guess or ever imagine. We didn't think that we'd have a majority of people again watching online. And we never imagined that our best attended in-person service would be outdoors in the dark around campfires at zero degrees. But for the hundreds of people that showed up, it was one of the highlights. I still hear from people all the time who are like, all right, we have to do this every single year from now on. It was such a great experience. But I need to let you in on a secret. I was so nervous to get up and preach at that service. I don't usually get very nervous, but that one, I was like, what do I do? It's freezing out. People are in parkas. They don't want to listen to a guy talk And so Jason Beaver and I were walking around and probably a dozen times I said, do you think I should cut the sermon down to like two minutes? Should I scrap the sermon completely? Well, I got up on the stage and I started to preach my message and I did almost the whole thing because the crowd was the most responsive crowd of the entire day, which means the crowd actually even laughed at my jokes, if you can call it that. And so I was trying to figure out why that was. Like, it could have probably just been out of courtesy. Like, I mean, this guy's freezing up there. We'll throw a bone to him. But on the other hand, maybe it was just the temperature. So I asked the facility staff to turn off the furnace during this service. And if you're watching at home, just go turn your thermostat down, and it will make the sermon so much better. But what I want to do this week as we transition from last year and all the wins that we saw and the struggles we had, I want to look at where God is calling us to go in this new year. A vision for what to focus on, to what, what to double down on in 2021. Because I believe this year God is calling us to move forward in our faith. To actually live it out. 
maybe like never before, in light of his faithfulness and his promises to us. It all begins with building on the solid foundation of the gospel, which Sarah did such a great job reminding us of last week. But I think it's time to start taking steps forward again, starting to move forward as a church and as individuals. You know, I know this last year, for me at least, was kind of a year where things were put on pause. It was easy to feel like it was just survival mode. It was easy to feel like everything around us was on hold, including our faith. There have been studies and surveys done all over the country, and they found this to be true with a majority of Christians, where Christians just felt like this last year they coasted by. Huge percentages of people stopped engaging with church, stopped engaging with their faith. Maybe we started with good intentions. There was kind of an uptick in March, and then things have really fallen off the rest of the year. So what if this year we started to move forward again? What if this year we would start to build up momentum, even now in January, so that as things gradually open up again, as new possibilities return, we are already growing deeper and wider as that all happens. So what I'd like to focus on with you this morning is a passage from 2 Peter, the book of 2 Peter, chapter 1. And so if you have your Bible with you, I encourage you to turn with me to 2 Peter, chapter 1. We're going to start with verse 3. It's going to also be up on your screen if you'd like to read it that way. Now, the book of 2 Peter, of course, was written by Peter. And Peter was one of Jesus' top disciples, one of his inner circle. And Peter had a lot of shining moments in his life. He was the guy that jumped out of the boat and started to walk on water. He was a guy who healed the sick. He even raised some people from the dead in the book of Acts. Peter had a lot going for him. But on the other hand, Peter also was a flawed character. When he messed up, he didn't just mess up in little ways. He would mess up big time. And so I think it makes him very relatable to you and to me. He's a regular guy. Even despite his flaws, Peter knew what a Christian life should look like. And so he put a checklist together to help us and to help the early church know where to focus. So again, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. Peter's going to help us see some practical ways that we can move forward and we can live out our faith. So let's look at verse 3. It says, by his divine power... God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. What I want you to notice right there in verse 3 is that it all starts with knowing God. That's the most important first step. Know God and everything builds from there. Perhaps you feel like you don't know God. This is the place to start. And we'd love to help you in that process. Look at verse 4. It goes on to say, And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and even to escape the world's corruption 
caused by human desires. I mean, how applicable is that? So it starts with knowing God, and then God gives us these incredible promises that are seen in Jesus Christ. And then it all leads up to verse 5, which is our core verse for this message and for today. It's a verse that I hope you keep in mind into this coming year. Peter says, in view of all of this, in view of who God is and what he's done, make every effort to respond to God's promises. In view of all that he has done for us in Jesus Christ, because of his love, because of his death and his resurrection, because of his mercy, his forgiveness, his faithfulness, because of all of that, make every effort to respond. Now, what I want you to never forget is that God's promises come first. We don't have to earn them. We don't have to qualify for them. We don't have to apply for them. But it's because God has done all of this, because the promises that he followed through on, the question becomes, how will we respond to what he has done and what he continues to do? Maybe put it this way. Do God's promises make any tangible difference in your everyday life? Because of the lengths that God has gone for you, has it changed anything? Does it change anything about your daily life? Wherever you go, make every effort to respond you see, this is our opportunity as individuals, but also as a church to show our stuff. Here's the reality. God is calling us to move forward and to live our faith out loud. God is calling us to stop coasting, stop pressing pause. He's calling us, even in the craziness of the season that we are in, to find ways to move forward and to live our faith out loud. It's no longer time to just sit back. It's not time to wait. It's to respond to God's promises wherever we go. Now check out how Peter describes this process. He gives this great picture of what this should look like. Now, sometimes I like to look at the message Bible to help understand scripture in more of a down-to-earth way. So in the next verses, I'm going to look at it in the message translation. So here's what Peter describes. He says, so don't lose a minute. There's no asterisk. It doesn't say, well, during a virus season, you get a free pass. No, don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given, complementing your basic faith, with good character. There's that character word again. It's so important. Spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, and generous love. Each dimension fitting into and developing the others. If you want to know where to grow, if you want to know what to focus on in this coming year, Peter says these are the things to grow in. They're the fruit 
of God's promises, good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, reverent wonder, warm friendliness, and generous love. Keep building on those things. He goes on to say, with these qualities active and growing in your lives, no grass will grow under your feet. No day will pass without its reward as you mature in your experience of our master, Jesus. He says, without these qualities, you can't see what's right before you oblivious that your old sinful life has been wiped off the books. See, I believe God wants every one of us to do precisely what Peter talks about here and mature in our experience of Jesus. It means to be saturated in the good news and what God has done for us. And it should make a tangible difference in how we interact, in how we relate, in how we live each and every day. Every day we can find ways to respond to God's goodness and mercy and love. And notice the way that Peter describes this, it means that when we are growing in faith, when we're taking steps forward, we also will be less critical, less judgmental, less impatient, and will be more loving, more understanding, and more patient. You know, if you want to take a quick spiritual inventory of where you're at in your spiritual life, some of the big questions to ask are not necessarily, do I have the entire Bible memorized, which is not a bad goal, but Peter is saying where you should be looking is, you know, am I more or less patient with other people? Am I more or less patient with other people? Am I more or less understanding of others? Am I more or less loving of other people? See, that's the kind of lifestyle that's attractive to others. It draws people to Jesus. Criticism, debating, arguing, it's not very attractive. And I believe this is the kind of church God wants us to be, a church that is graceful, a church that's understanding, a church that's willing to listen to people, a church that's willing to love with a generous love. Now, as we read on the final two verses, Peter tells us why this matters so much. He says, so friends, confirm God's invitation to you, his choice of you. Don't put it off. Do it now. Do this and you'll have your life on a firm footing. The streets paved and the way wide open into the eternal kingdom of our master and savior, Jesus Christ. This is how you have a firm footing in the uncertainty and chaos of this world. This is how you have a strong foundation for your life. So when brokenness comes, and it will, when the craziness of the world comes, and it certainly will, we can stay on track, walking close with Jesus. 
So I want you to imagine for a moment. Just use your imagination. Imagine what it would look like each and every day to ask yourself, how can I best respond to God's promises in this situation? How can I best live out my faith right now? What if again and again we would ask that question and we would follow through on it? Maybe you're having a stressful day at work. What would it look like to respond to God's promises in that moment? Maybe it's a big project that's due at school and half your group is not pulling its weight. What would it look like to respond to God's promises in that moment. Maybe it's a disagreement with your spouse. Maybe a new neighbor moves in next door. Maybe you get in a political debate with a relative. What does it look like to respond to God's promises? Now, this is not only a question for us as individuals, but imagine if we as a church would be asking this question together. I think it means we would even be better at loving and welcoming people who feel left out and feel alone. We would prioritize again serving and caring for people who are in need. We'd be willing to stand up for people who feel beat down and oppressed. And we would recommit to being Jesus for those who have never met him before. See church, this new year is a new opportunity And I believe it can be a year of growth, a year of growth spiritually, numerically, but most importantly, a year of growth in love. Even despite all the uncertainty about how things are going to open up and how things are going to go this year, every one of us has a role to play. So I want you to resist the urge to think, well, I'm too new, I'm too inexperienced, I don't have enough time, I'm not knowledgeable enough. God's already given you his promises, and he promises when you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. But also resist the urge to think, well, I've already arrived. I'm too advanced. I've been at this my entire life. I'm beyond all these basics. Remember Paul, the rock star apostle, said he was the least of all, and he dedicated his life to coming alongside new believers and non-believers. There's a role for you to play too. So as we seek to live out our faith together in this new year, following God, there's a few things I'm super excited about. One, you already heard a little bit about. Next week, we're starting a new small groups and sermon series, and it's on the book of James. Maybe some of you have read through James many times. Others of you might not be as familiar James was the younger brother of Jesus, if you can imagine. James became a key leader in the church in Jerusalem. And the church faced all sorts of struggles and trials. Many were martyred, there was persecution, there was famine. And so James wrote this letter to encourage believers facing trials and struggles in the world. Can you think of anything that applies to us more? And so we're going to read through this book that's going to help us see how we can deal with the pressure points that we're facing in our life. How can we best live out our faith with all the craziness in and around us? 
See, at Calvary, we believe spiritual growth best happens in a small group. We believe circles are better than rows. That's why we want you in a group processing this study together. Jesus had a small group. And if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for us. I also want to encourage you maybe to find a way to take a step forward in each of the four areas of our growth track. Our growth track are the four things that we believe we all need to be growing in to be growing in our faith. Worship, group, serving, and giving. What's a step you can take in each one of those areas? Maybe you've got the gold star of perfect attendance and worship. You've got that one down. Maybe you need to invite someone to come with you. Maybe you've never been in a group before. Maybe you've never found a way to serve. Maybe you've never started giving before. Whatever it is, identify the one or two or three areas that you need to grow in in this year and take steps forward. This is the way that we will grow deeper and wider as followers of Jesus. One more thing, believe it or not, Easter is going to be here before we know it, just a few months. Easter is one of our biggest outreach events of the year. We don't know exactly how it's going to look this year, but it's going to be epic. And so we want you to start praying now for who you're going to invite and how you're going to get involved. And if we can do an outdoor worship service when it was zero degrees, you better believe we can do a few outdoor services in the spring in Minnesota. So again, I hope you're excited about what God is going to do in and through our church. We believe he's going to continue to move us forward. He wants to do big things in us individually and together as a church. So don't miss out. Don't ignore his call on your life. Don't miss out on what he wants to do. Because God is going to do immeasurably more than we could ever think or imagine. Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for your promises that you've given to us while we were still sinners. Help us to respond to what you've done for us. Help us to take steps forward in faith. Help us not to make excuses. God, let this year be a year of growth. God, we want your will to be done. We want your kingdom to expand. And God, in the crazy craziness of this world, help us to shine our light brightly. Help us to remember that our character matters. Help us to remember our words matter. Help us to remember our hope is in you, not in things of this world. God, help us to strive for peace, forgiveness. And ultimately, help us to show your love to every person we meet. And so God, we're believing you're gonna do big things. We're thankful for that. We pray this in the powerful name of your son, Jesus. And let's all say together.